witches. Thank you for joining us on our Modern Witches podcast. This series is a space for musings on the diverse pathways of witchcraft, intuitive inspiration, and spiritual activism. We cannot wait to revel in what is bubbling away in our cauldron of collective magic. I am your podcast host, Casey Zabala, creatrix and gatherer of Modern Witches. My hope is that our community fosters a greater depth of understanding of witches everywhere so that we may cultivate hope for the future of humanity, a humanity that honors and upholds magic as a sacred thread that illuminates our connectivity. Be sure to subscribe, and if you'd like to get more intimate with Modern Witches, check out our Patreon. Learn more at modernwitches.org. Hello and welcome to the Modern Witches podcast. I'm so excited to be here recording our Aries season episode, really feeling into this shift between Pisces season, which has been a lot of feelings and a lot of things, into <laughs> Aries. <laughs> Maybe a, a good, a welcome kind of kick towards, towards the fiery nature within all of us and within the earth. Today, we'll be talking about equinox energetics. We'll be talking about these beautiful Aries new moons we're having this season and so much more Pluto moving into Aquarius. So buckle up buttercups. We're excited, all of us. (laughs) And I'm so excited. We have Karima returning to the podcast after their time away, Um, a new mother. So welcome back, Karima. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. I'm like going back into the world after being a bear, a mama bear, you know, so it's exciting. And especially coming back for every season, that's kind of very potent for me as a, an ascendant Aries. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> you know. So yes. very happy, very happy. Yeah, welcome. And, and Mariana, thank you being here as always thank you for having me it's so exciting it's our fire trio back in the house yes sag leo and aries are in the house <laughs> it's very <laughs> exciting that's true that's true because i see casey all the time as a more earthy sign but i always forget that she's actually leo you know i know my taurus rising like really yeah it's very like you know, Very prominent. I see, I see the towers <laughs> rising. And I was like, no, actually, Casey's Leo. <laughs> yeah. I actually just thought about that when Casey was uh, doing an introduction. I'm like, yeah, like the full house. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's perfect for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. For sure. I'm feeling like I'm really returning to that sense of heat and warmth. We're trying to cultivate that as we near the equinox, even though where I am, it's still extremely wintry and wet and winter feels like it's very much clinging on, but um, yeah, we can literally see the snow behind you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's More to come. <laughs> really? Oh my God. You know, it's going to be I a mean, snowy equinox. It's so, I'm like, kind of jealous because I'm in New York and we haven't had in the city of New York a proper snow at all like we had a little like snow rain situation ship 
but other than that you have to go upstate for a little winter taste which is like for me coming from the snowy mountains in Caucasus is very sad yeah but it's okay like I'm um it's 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 interesting like the older I get I used to love fall like fall used to be my favorite season in like when you know like September like mid-September and now for the last few years I've grown to like love this like spring equinox time it's really does feel with age that like life is coming back it's just mm -hmm. that sensation just so powerful I love it I'm like really looking forward especially so interesting the last week of the Pisces season is so intense and it's sort of like emotional grip on us through its transits you know that it's almost like it like you know like something is holding you back and like you are and then it's like releases you and you like catapulted into the action that's how totally. it feels to me because this last week is just like oh my god this is the way to end the Pisces season this is very uh, extreme mm -hmm. it's very extreme and I feel like there's all this bubbling emotion with all those square with Mars there's like the fire being turned off by the water you know mm -hmm. like kind of like let's put steam on that <laughs> like you know yeah so emotional turmoil is definitely the theme of the of this the, the week of this week as we're recording right now is in the last week of the Pisces season and it's just feel like yeah it's kind of getting us ready to start fresh and like as spring equinox is is basically starting new fresh and let go so it's very much like Pisces, like cleaning up with this water energy, washing up to be able to start. So I love doing, is the most tangible thing for me is to do cleaning, is to disclutter. And after, I don't know how I'm gonna have time with a newborn now, <laughs> but I will have to carry her in front of me and start to, you know, to clean up the house. Because I feel like spring equinox is just very in the tangible world. I like to just clean the energy in the house and just through what I don't need, through what I don't need, keep what I need, being more minimalist, just to start fresh. Because obviously with those two areas that we're going to talk about, um, there is definitely um, an amplification of this fresh start. And they can be inside the body, outside. I think both are important. Like what you, where you live in and clean, like will have an effect inside of you. Um, and we help, will help you clean your mind or clear your mind. And so starting, mm -hmm. like if you don't know where to start and like you feel so emotionally, like, like in this air water stage in your mind like starting in the physical world is the very is a very good start um and so that's why i feel i will start my spring equinox like cleaning a uh, clearing saging cleaning my spells also energetically um will be the good start for me to start the season um yeah very good practical magic advice right there mm -hmm. yeah for sure. And yeah. Uh, so it's just like feel like it feels good. 
felt fresh. It felt new hopes. Like we love the spring in Quinox for new hopes, new dreams. What do you want to put in the world? What you want to implant in the world with this new spring equinox, new moons, everything. And it's just an exciting time, very fiery time, like fire time. Mm. Yeah. Time to relight those fires too. Um, and we had a really beautiful spell circle last night with our Patreon community. And we talked a lot about how sort of extreme the shift from Pisces to Aries feels. Um, energetically and especially now when there's so much polarization there's there's so much transformation happening um with Pluto having been sat at 29 degrees of Capricorn the anoretic degree you know there's we're in the death rattle essentially we're we're at that threshold um of rebirth and in this moment, there's a lot of death, literally and metaphorically to reckon with. And it feels important to just kind of honor that too. I think what's so special about the equinox is that it's it's space for returning to the light and returning to those hopes and calling forth the action plan and planting seeds. But it's not going to work without the compost, without the release work that you were talking about, Karima, the clearing, the cleansing. Um, so as you're straddling this equinox time, really be thinking about that, you know, thinking about how you can honor what has been gestating in the darkness, any grief that's coming up for you, mm-hmm. anything that is dying and undergoing that death process. And you know, how can you turn towards joy or brightness or light or future, future life mm-hmm. and, and that you're calling in? Yeah. I like what you said about the compost is exactly what I felt or what I'm feeling right now is like kind of letting go, but like also facing what it is <laughs> and just like compost in a healthy way is like, you know, because I feel like sometimes we have the tendency to say, oh, yes, this spring equinox or is a new beginning or is a new moon or whatever start new. We love, we love starting new. But like if we didn't compose in a healthiest way, a past what we've been dealing with, then it's very hard to do this deep clearing, cleaning and start this new spring equinox. Um, I like what you said about mm-hmm. it, especially this Pluto in 29, we're going to talk about it more, but it's bringing up so much stuff, so much things um, like that's are happening to the world right now. Um, definitely we feel at the edge of something big and it's going to probably feel that way in the next year or so, <laughs> you know, as Pluto is coming in Aquarius, going back to Capricorn and coming in in 2024. January 2024 back fully in, in Aquarius it will be like a very time of like feeling that way like that we are at the edge of something mm-hmm. it is really interesting even symbolically when you think about it Pluto is associated with death and 29th degree is something that is so final so it's like the sense of ending, like both of you mentioned. And it's like that we're going to be in that space of 29th degree on and off 
for a year and a half going mm -hmm. forward. So like getting accustomed with an idea, with that notion of um, this organic death, mm -hmm. this like sense that we like, we have to really like look at these things that we've been given years to look at, but now it's almost like on a, on a speedy kind of, on a like, like quicker realization wheel thing happening for us. It's, we are given like a year and a half to, to be in that 29th degree of Capricorn on and off to like really tie up loose ends and to come to terms with this with this death of societal death, personal death, internal death, external. It's very, very complex, um, mm. complex time. And simultaneously we are asked with this month specifically having two new moons in Aries and we'll talk about it. Like to really, it's like delaying is not optional as we, part ways we have to start planting those seeds we have to do that it's not even and one thing that came to mind for me in in major way with this month is a master class of individuality and collaboration it's gonna be like that we have to <clears throat> we have to really think about what it means for each of us to bring forth our true essence and to apply that essence in a collaborative capacity. I think this airy season and Pluto ingressing into Aquarius is going to be about that in major mm. Yes, because Aries, the sign of Aries is so much about our individual person, right? Our personhood, our identity <gasps> as that first sign of the zodiac, um, the initiator of the zodiac of our journey of like self-discovery. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. And it's very interesting kind of having um, Pluto very active this whole season um, in the lunations and in other ways too. But I think we should talk about this kind of the ingress of the sun into Aries, that chart, which is effectively the chart of the spring equinox. So when the sun moves into Aries, that is officially the equinox on March 20th. Yeah. And the sun is moving into Aries and joining Mercury, Chiron, Jupiter, and Vesta is also there. Yeah. This so is there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of Aryan energy. Like, yeah, it's just so like, so the chart... If we look at the zero zero degrees of zero degrees zero minutes of Aries Sun and Aries, the first thing it's first one March twentieth, and the, we need to look at the ruler of the month, and the ruler of the month is Mars, and Mars is at twenty seventh, almost twenty eighth degree of Gemini, after its prolonged stay. <laughs> in the uh, sign of the twins uh, and Mars is forming. And um, square 
to out of sine squared to sun in Aries. So here we can see that in order to, we need to, it's either, we need to consider the offerings we make or accept within our community. The, we need to consider what do we let go and what do we preserve in many ways. The square with the cutting planet in the sign of the communication and your immediate community, almost like approaching cancer here. It's almost like it's a choice. The month of choices is upon us and the choices have to hold both the sense of individual purpose and the communal purpose, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And some will have to be let go and some will have to be uh, invited. A lot of that dynamic, I feel, is going to be prevalent. And, and Mercury is sitting at three degrees of Aries, so it's essentially conjunct the sun in this moment, yeah. um, which even amplifies that kind of need to clarify mm -hmm. um, what our intentions are as we move into this new season yeah. um, and be really clear, like really discerning with that Mars as well. So it's interesting, definitely do some reflection work before the equinox um, as we approach the equinox so that you can get clear about where you want to be headed in the next six months and how you want to communicate and express that to the world. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like the Mars in Gemini, like what, like you mentioned, KC Mercury is at three degree. And so Mercury belonged to Gemini. <laughs> and so it's interesting to see that. Um, but also like I felt the Mars let it explore different information, ideology, like is a is a hair sign, so it's a very about like going everywhere in different direction. And then with the spring equinox, when I see this chart and this this square that is making, is obviously obviously asking us to do a choice and to go for it. Very mm -hmm. fiery, hairy sign. So I feel like I, especially with Mars at the late degree of Gemini twenty seven, we have to make a choice or where we want to go or what we choose to go is like the past six months with Mars going back retrograde, coming back. It's a, it was a long time in Gemini, which like kind of let us explore different ways. And you can apply this depending on your chart. It can be in your relationship, it can be in your career, it can be how you see in the world, how you want to be, how you want to be seen in the world and your family is, is really different of what your chart is telling you. But here, you can see obviously that with the square is like asking us to make a choice and to go for it. It's like, oh, I have time to explore, had time to be like between those two worlds. Like I didn't know what to decide today with the spring equinox and the square to Mars at this late degree. Like it's obviously I need to create my own way and I need to choose one thing and go for it. It's pretty much obvious when you see the chart. Yeah, totally. It's that it's it's very much about the choice, especially like I like to look at the opposite sign of Aries, Venus, um, Libra ruled by Venus, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And we see that Venus on, in the chart of the equinox is conjunct North Node in Taurus. Yeah. So we really, the choice has to be made very in alignment with our authentic values and the lessons that we've learned in the last 18 months, less than 18 months while North Node was in Taurus. So it's, it's very much about applying ourselves selectively with certain level of sharpness in 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 the commitment in the yeah. quality of the commitment that we make to what we choose to do yeah um yeah and yeah and that's um yeah it's it's a very uh, and like, yeah and i like what you said like i was just looking at this when you mentioned venus and it is actually, I like this Venus Nosnos conjunction at four degree in Taurus. I just feel like it's it's even better because it's asking us Nosnos is a hunger. We're hungry to go towards this. And when you conjunct Venus, Venus is about what? It's about love, pleasure. Also, it can be about finance and it can be about um relationship yes but it's also about what you like to do and what you mostly want to do on your deepest core what you enjoy to do where, where you're able to create the venus is is the empress in the tarot you know is the fertile mother is um it's very about abundance and creating abundance for yourself so when you see it's conjunct this north node which is very hungry hunger it's a karmic point where we want to go towards it's it's very nice to see we have the start helping us to decide what we like and what we don't like or where we're craving for where we're missing for and to go towards that dream with the spring equinox um especially in taurus there's also again an emphasis on pleasure on being down to earth and being able to see in the tangible world what we really want for, like what we really want to. And with this North node is like kind of like the the earth plane matching the karmic plane, basically. And that's a very nice way to start the season. Mm. Very auspicious for the equinox. Mm -hmm. Especially when you think about ancestrally, you know, the equinox was the time of planting seeds and essentially ensuring for your harvests and your future abundance. So absolutely take that into consideration. It's a good time to do Venusian spell work. Um, and shortly after this equinox on the 21st, we have a new moon, which, which so beautifully aligns with the equinox like in general. Yeah. Like so this new moon is at zero degrees of Aries on the 21st. Yeah, you can even be more explicit about the new beginning. It's like spring equinox <laughs> and a new moon at zero degrees just for you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. Just for you to start something, which is like, I, I just love it. It's just, it's, it's nice to start the season with a new moon, you know, <laughs> like. Absolutely. What else can we ask, you know? And very interesting, the new moon falls like exactly on the midpoint between Neptune and Mercury. So mm -hmm. it's like really about this reconciliation and learning in beginning with understanding of our subconscious um, motives, as well as our mental understanding of the reality and connecting those and applying 
uh, our mental capacity to see why we want what we want and why we begin what we begin. And is it coming from a place of pain? Is it coming from a place of something unresolved? Or is it coming from a higher aspirations and desires? That mm -hmm. is going to be very interesting to... Um, it's an initiation that requires greater understanding of the um, the root of that initiation, especially mm -hmm. in sextile with Pluto. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. this is, yeah, I think it, it's echoing a lot of that, what we've been talking about with the equinox, with Pluto sextiling this new moon. You can't just abandon the past. You know, you can't run away from what is unresolved. Um, there's there's space required for you to kind of address your grievances, address your challenges, address what's been burdening you um, so that you can transform it. This is a very transformational chart um, moment. And this transformation really demands that you kind of take into account the darkness, the mud, you know, the, the real, the compost, again, mm -hmm. the compost that's required for your spells to take compost. shape. Yeah. You need to love your compost. Taurus <laughs> rising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, and I just, I can stop thinking also with this sextile, this new moon sextiling, Pluto at 29 degree in Capricorn, this relationship to power um, is like, it feels like a nice, like getting back to your power and then this shrining Leo in Leo, Black Moon Lilith. Um, so I just feel like it's also very good work to for sexual empowering, for women empowerment, everything related to your own power and where you felt like that you didn't you were scared to come out or like something that you were like kind of a wound that you had it's a great time to just just reclaim your power in that moment um it's very potent zero degree and 29 degree also <laughs> Pluto so mm. it, with Pluto you cannot not think about power like it's not something we can put aside and obviously in Aries the power of starting over the power of moving forward I like I like that uh, I just want to add one thing that just came to me is that that sextile to Pluto at the critical degree and like like you said Karima like Capricorn has to do with like authority and becoming our own authority but with that Neptune, that midpoint position, sextile to Pluto, it feels to me that we are redefining our past to be our strong point. If for the longest time we considered whatever has happened to us to prevent us from stepping into our personal authority, this is the new moon where we redefine from a mental, from emotional, from subconscious um, ways, levels, the way we initiate and we initiate from the sense of understanding that what happened what we carry is all can be turned as the source of power to begin to step into our personal authenticity our unique journey which is what Aries is all about is 
absolute um, unapologetic self-expression. And now maybe something that have prevented you from stepping into that place now turns around and becomes a source of that power after mm -hmm. this Pluto journey. Yeah. The only thing also that I wanted to mention about like what you're saying right now is like it's feeling very um how you say it? like internalized because with this square to mars you know like mars is the 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 planet that keep us going that's like is a fire in us that help us reach our goal and with this square is like it seems like like it's something very internal um because it's at zero degree because it's just the beginning so it's something mm -hmm. that maybe you don't see it in the outside like you don't see like in your, mm -hmm. in your life right away it's something that happened inside and as soon as mars i feel like leave on the 26th um this aspect and gemini and go to cancer at zero degree i feel that is where we start to be like pretty much moving forward uh, mm -hmm. but i feel like this new moon is very internal first um before being something that we see externally mm, quite possible because also mars though it's in gemini in the last degrees it's out of it's forming out of sign trying to saturn in um pisces so there is that sense and both pisces and cancer and pisces and mars and cancer where mars is heading to a very internal energies the energies that initiate from a place of deep knowing versus an external reaction that yeah. mars and gemini can do this is a very like grounded act activity like action taken it's an action that's taken from like even with the support of your ancestors it's an action that's taken with like where like those behind you are helping you to recognize that yeah. what you are what you need to do and it can be very internal yeah yeah. What's interesting about, um, I mean, there's so much Aries energy to unpack this Aries season, which sounds obvious, but there's so many planets moving through Aries and we start Aries season with this new moon and we end Aries season with a new moon in Aries at the annuitic degree. Yeah. So there's this real interesting narrative that's happening this season. Um, Mm -hmm. about what we're initiating and how what we're initiating is also very much tied to the work we've been doing for a long time, right? Like it's not happening out of the blue, um, in a vacuum. It's very much tied to this ancestral material, this collective material, um, so I just want to put that out there for folks who are kind of planning around their spell work and thinking about um, their time and energy in terms of lunations. Um, plan for those two Aries new moons, the second one being a solar eclipse. Oh, this is so powerful. The second and the interesting thing, like towards you said, it's like a vortex we're in for the Aries season. <laughs> yeah. It does feel like a vortex of like this stepping into authenticity. It's 
and it's painful. And I always think about Aries energy. People think it's a naive and light, but it's the painful birth and it's the most painful experience one might have in their lifetime. And to have that experience of like birthing ourselves again into this new paradigm, new reality, new way of putting ourselves authentically out there is kind of a theme of this month, right? And both of those new lunations, like the first one at zero degrees, critical degree, the second one at a 29th degree, both first is sextiling Pluto, the second one is squaring Pluto, mm -hmm. right? It just feels like we do not, like we're not given a choice. We're gonna look at ourselves and take yeah. back that power individually first because we can power cannot be taken collectively until it's taken individually otherwise the collective will still look for one person or few people who hold that energetic capacity and turn towards right. those people and it's never it never ends well <laughs> so unless we all understand that and once we hold that space within ourselves of being a true individual we can really hold a space for most people to be that, for all people to be that. That's what we thrive for here. It's mm -hmm. really understanding what the areas are like. Heaven, it's a very symbolic month season because universe doesn't do anything. <laughs> like it's it's symbolically is pointing all the arrows that like you have to really connect to your personal individual power and authority here power aries pluto connection throughout the month just and it's interesting that the first new moon will be sextiling pluto in capricorn and then the second new moon will be sextiling pluto in aquarius squaring squaring thank you yeah um so it's it's also acknowledging like this transformational shift of Pluto into this new sign. And important to wrap up those Capricorn themes or even just reflect on what Pluto and Capricorn is meant for you and reconcile that and think about how it's going to change and what it's gonna mean for you in your life when Pluto is in Aquarius. And definitely look at your charts. 100%. Yeah. And let's take it further one step. And both of those Plutos, like Pluto is going to be in those two signs, forming uh, aspects to two new moons, two lunations. Both of those signs, Capricorn and Aquarius, are ruled by Saturn. And Saturn currently is in Pisces. So we are talking here about the internal subconscious boundaries. It's a discipline of spiritual practice. It's about what do you do to be your own authority within your spiritual practice? Yeah. And also it has to do with technology, as we know, because put in Aquarius and government and all, we put it all like we lay a layer and we like, it all boils down our authentic self-expression expression only possible with a firm internal boundaries in place. And I think also the link between it's not only the first new moon of this at the beginning of the season, but also the last, the second new moon in Aries at the end of the season. It's gonna be a theme that is gonna start 
obviously at the beginning of the month with this new moon, but also it's a theme that's going to last for a year and a half as the North Node is coming into Aries. So like this Aries season and what is activating in your chart personally is something that you're going to work for, for the next year and a half because the North node is gonna come in that part of the chart. And this first eclipse, even if we're still like Taurus, Scorpio, it's kind of a, a preview of what is coming up and the shift that is coming up. So don't disregard what's coming up this month or like, because this is just not for this month. It's gonna be something that is gonna be a, a background nose from the for at least a year and a half because north node is coming in this part of your chart and so it's gonna ask to work towards the theme that is aries in your chart you know mm -hmm. so obviously yes those two new moons are kind of very important because they are the the beginning of this ingress of the north nodes this year in aries um and i feel yeah. like Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Casey. Oh, just a note to, to notice or check what house Aries is in for you in your chart, because yeah. that's going to be the backdrop or the place where a lot of this is happening for you. These Aries themes are being worked out. So take note of that. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, and so it's like, a, like you said, the first new moon is kind of like taking our compost. <laughs> because this is the Pluto in at 29 in Aquarius. And then the second one is like, oh, this new beginning that's coming up with Pluto at zero degree in Aquarius. You know, that's kind of prepping up for that. Um, so that's why I love the analogy of the compost, because <laughs> I feel like this is very accurate. So yeah, this season is very important, but it's also very important for the next year and a half. Yeah. As you're going to see what's coming up for you. And uh, before we move to the next very important part, I just want to say this last just days before we enter the airy season with all this confusion and the sense of urgency that's just so sharp, like take care of yourself. There's more important work ahead. <laughs> I know it's just like four days until the airy season and the spring equinox, but just like make an like emotional effort of just like just taking it in just it's good advice in general I think as Pluto moves into Aquarius there's going to be a lot more demands on us to show up and collaborate and it's a marathon not a sprint yeah yeah so like you know, <laughs> it's true. And, and with Saturn and Pisces, you know, it's, you know, turn to your spiritual practices for support, um, really ground into routine discipline in a way that's very self-soothing and healing so that you can have all the spoons, all the resources you need in order to show up in the ways that you can. Yeah. It's I, so important. I remember that Casey the last podcast by season we put up a card and so yeah. the same for actually this new like new moons in Aries and mm -hmm. 
funny enough, I put up the same card as you did last time. The pool. <laughs> the pool. So wow. that like fresh, like jumping, start, beginning, thing. We're not at, at the one. We're still at the zero. <laughs> still at the, the cosmic eggs, <laughs> you know? It's so on point. Okay, like I didn't share it because like I don't consider myself um I, I, like I, I do cards but like I don't find myself very versed in it um and I but I pulled I Ching which, which is my go-to deck and I pulled the last hexagram the 64th which wow. like as we were talking right in the beginning of the video I was like shuffling and I pulled 64th hexagram for those listening, go ahead and listen to the meaning of the 64th hexagram. It's a beautiful one. And it, when, I didn't look it up, but from my memory, it's called after completion. Mm -hmm. mm. It's so there's no end. So like the 63rd mm -hmm. is the completion and 64th, it's like we end and we begin. Exactly. It's so simple. Like I pulled it and I was like, whoa, this is very much. And it's like the that full before full energy mm, i love it yeah i like it too cool do, do we want to go now on the pluto ingressing aquarius a little bit more yes let's talk about it more compost more compost <laughs> yes so pluto will be moving into aquarius on the 23rd of march and this is a huge shift for the collective uh pluto and the outer planets they speak to our collective experience and when an outer planet moves a sign it it initiates a new cycle um, of archetypal resonance and collective experience so this is a big one we're all going to be feeling it and pluto will be in aquarius for quite a while mm -hmm. It will move back into Capricorn in 2024. I'm not sure if anyone has those dates, but. Um, yeah, um, it, will, it will move back, um, come back in Aquarius in January 2024, around the 20th. I, I remember that. And um, so it's staying, Pluto is staying in Aquarius for three months, coming back to Capricorn and then definitely next year, beginning of next year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's till june 11th right it's going to be mm -hmm. in and then from january 20th of 2024 to september 2nd of 2024 and then the last and final ingress is on november 19th of 2024 that's when pluto is like bye bye capricorn and okay. hello brave new world and <laughs> so i'm very interested that like next year beginning of starting this year and next year we have this kind of back and forth with like between Capricorn and Pluto and, and Aquarius. And at the same time, we have the North Node going in Aries and then at the end going to Pisces. And so when Pluto is going to be in Aquarius, definitely it's going to be the shift of the North Node in Pisces at the last sign of the Zodiac, kind of like eternal, like they all shift in some way, you know, we're finishing like. A cycle I feel like for the next year and a half and uh I like that because mm -hmm. I feel like we're wrapping up and we like kind of assimilate everything that we've been learning for the past I guess 
like since 2008, since Pluto went to Capricorn. And like, if you look at back then what Pluto did in Capricorn, it's kind of interesting. Like, so like a lot of people mentioned 2008 when Pluto came to Capricorn, this short a month after there was the sub, basically economic crisis. Right. So, and then we saw the Occupy movement and all that. And during those years also, we saw the, like the dismantles of like people who has power we started to have the notion publicly this notion already existed but of the one percent now one percent is something that people know like when we talk about the one percent it's kind of obvious for everyone which is a notion that came before 2008 but is now in the public and people know about the 1% before it was kind of like, yes, yes. But now people say, oh yeah, the so 1% is real. Um, and so, and we saw also different like power, especially culturally, we talk about more about the white men. We talk about more indigenous people. We try to like, we can see that we are like kind of dismantling the power and try to figure out who has the power in terms of like, and you can see this Capricorn movement um, who represent government power, <laughs> really, it's it's in the move. And like we mentioned just before this podcast, the end of 29 degree, we're going back to this bank <laughs> crisis when like literally we got the news of this bank in Silicon Valley signature who's going down and people kind of like, are we doing echo what's happening when Pluto came into Capricorn and what's going to be unfolded in the next year? Did we understand what the lesson of Pluto in Capricorn or are we like just being reminded again? So, and it's very interesting for me to see those past year to understand what Pluto did in Capricorn, mm -hmm. um, to understand because it's a following story what's happening in Pluto and Capricorn will obviously impact Pluto and Aquarius and actually put in movement because Aquarius is the people now. We talk about mm -hmm. the power, Pluto and Capricorn being kind of like unsettled, like we, like the, the population, the pub, the people try to point out who has the power and then like, is like the people taking back the power. Is it kind of like a transmission like that we're gonna see the, the next year and a half for sure. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it's it's a big, big event. I just think it's important to mention that last time Pluto was in Aquarius was from 1778 to 1799. And that is the time when Karima French Revolution, French Revolution <laughs> happened and also US USA Revolutionary War. It's when establishment of democracy was happening it's like that and the democracy for me with Pluto and Aquarius requires participation or it turns into dogma and the shadow side of the Aquarius archetype is the rise of elitist and chosen component those who are chosen and we don't know yet who would be that actually mm -hmm. It might be different groups in different times in the next 20 years feeling that dogmatic 
like um, understanding of the righteousness. Righteousness becomes an issue here, in my opinion. We have to be really careful from all sides um, to be, mm, first of all, as inclusive. And that comes back to that areas. If we're truly individual, we can allow anyone else to be an individual. So um, I think this is going to be a test of can we allow someone very different from us to have the same voice in the same place collectively? We've seen it already. From oh, yeah. Sides all over the place. Mm. Yeah. And um, yeah. It's interesting because I think an important aspect of Pluto is that it is about power, but it also has the power to um, either really expose something or repress it very successfully, very powerfully. So it's something to be aware of. I think if you can be aware of that impulse, like on an individual level, you'll probably be able to see it on the collective scale a little bit better, but you know, you know, how does Pluto operate in your life to kind of shut you down, um, repress anything that needs to be maybe explored or expressed? Um, so there's a way in which, you know, Pluto and Capricorn, like Karima was saying, exposed who really has the power, like power dynamics on display. But it also kind of has repressed and like hindered our ability to feel powerful in a lot of ways because you know those systems of power they seem so all encompassing and in control like they they've cast this very secure illusion that um they can't be reckoned with um so i'm hoping that pluto as it moves into aquarius can do more of that empowerment and boldening work um, rather than serve to kind of shut us down um, because that that's also one of its capabilities. 100%. I think those both actually going to be present in yeah. order to get us to this first point. We have to go through the second point. So it has to repress to the point of breakage unless it's but it's all in the we've mind been, yeah i feel like it we've been doing it too it's happening it's happening it's, it's happening, happening it, with uh, inflation so basically capricorn also like is financial institution so yeah you can see this last degree the inflation the money people are talking about food <laughs> talking about like how to pay your grocery how to pay for your daily you know survival like what do you Existence. need? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's obviously something that we see this oppressing. Like I always mention the the fact that the gas, the electricity went up crazy. <laughs> like we all can testify on that. The mm -hmm. also yeah, the gas for your for your car went crazy. And then we see that those companies are the, the best year ever. And we're like, Probably wait a minute. I thought it's because we didn't have enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it was for putting more money into your pocket, so it's like 
like who do we believe now what like it's a, obviously we can see this coming up and uh, like you say we're like having this pressure of the power and that's I guess what actually after that you said Mariana this the first step needs to happen before the second the explosion basically happens. yeah um so that makes sense it's I'm like I don't know what's gonna happen because because Aquarius obviously rules waves electricity waves all sorts of waves mm. and like with Pluto going there, it's gonna like really create some interesting like <laughs> up and down dynamics within that area. It's like internet, everything, like electromagnetic waves, all of that stuff. Fascinating. Yeah, and also, um, I don't know, like I like, we should look at the ruler of this transit, which is Saturn, Saturn in Pisces. And it's like an Aquarius has to do with technology. And again, and Pisces for me, Saturn in Pisces, one of the main things is where do we leak energy? So we don't have energy to like respond in a way that is constructive, uniting, uplifting, empowering. That's what we like. This is a big one. And that in Pisces is that subconscious. It's like, it's manipulation. It's something that undermines your psychic um, strength. Mm. And Saturn is authority. And what undermines our psychic strength? It's like what we get through this infor informational loop on ongoingly. Like we're really like creating these boundaries and concentrating on like the important things. Because when I think about breaking the cycles, I don't see it being broken as passively reacting. <laughs> I just yeah. don't. I don't. So, but that is the only option that's given to us at the moment, mm -hmm. seemingly. Yeah. Right. But there are other options. Like we just need to really focus and organize. I'm really looking forward to the time when Uranus goes into Gemini in 2026. Yeah. Baby, I'm sorry we're talking about Aries season, but I just like it came into my brain sphere and I'm like organizing Pluto and Uranus and trying organizing local communities. Oh, yeah. I'm just like that's in anticipation good. of that. And it's good. Sorry, go ahead, Casey. Oh, no, it's just good to remember as we talk about these difficult transits and the potentials that are difficult, that this is a cycle, right? You know, and there are all these other cycles happening simultaneously, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to match what you were saying about Uranus and Taurus, basically squaring by sign, Aquarius, and then Uranus going to Gemini, which is about, like writing communication like knowledge um and so i like that because the back then when pluto last Sunday was in aquarius that was the enlightenment the enlightenment is a very big deal in france and they existed before like pluto was <laughs> in capricorn but it became popular and was implemented and brought human rights on the table when Pluto was in Aquarius. And I do relate to also, I hope something similar can come out, especially when Uranus will be in Gemini, you know? 
Um, and so that changed how we facing, how we communicate with people, how we structure our knowledge and how we educate our youth. Because Gemini also represents school, preschool, <laughs> like kindergarten, middle school, high school. And you can see early, early stage of learning. So it's very interesting to see when Uran is gonna come into Gemini and doing a nice aspect with Pluto in Aquarius, how they can, you know, how our system, our school system and what we teach to our kids will change, definitely. It's so exciting. And by that time, by 2026, Saturn will be done with Pisces transit through the third house of early pre-high school education in the United States. Um, interestingly and new forms of more localized more um hands-on in a good way education in terms of like appropriate for the times yeah probably would be because like, what's right now they bank on people not being educated not knowing absolutely stuff. yeah that's that pluto in capricorn working it's yeah. yeah, magic. Interesting. Gemini and Capricorn don't see each other. It's a quincox aspect. Those in authority don't want people to be educated at the early age. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking about Pluto and Aquarius a lot, especially because it will be aspecting other planets. Um, so keep keep this in mind. You know, it's going to be dipping back into Capricorn, as we said, moving back into Aquarius. So um, this is the threshold we're walking for the next year, year and a half. Um, so keep it in mind, notice where Aquarius is in your chart, pay attention. But the next big aspect of Aries season is Mars moving into cancer. Mm. <laughs> we like, oh, we both are like, and we sank <laughs> in the water, like... <laughs> it's yeah because i mean you know mars rules aries and to have the ruler of aries to be in cancer yeah and it's during the season yeah and it's detriment boy boy detriment, yeah. but also i personally am looking forward to mars being in a different sign because oh, it's been yeah. in gemini <laughs> since august no forever yeah, yeah since, since august i think yeah, yeah, i can't yeah. even fathom that when i say it out loud it feels so crazy so it's it'll be i think my positive spin is that mars moving into cancer a new sign it'll just feel like a welcome shift mm -hmm. in our energy maybe it'll be not such a great energetic shift but it'll be different so yeah because it's kind of like like I said, asking us to start this new thing with Mars being in water, like, and in yeah. our emotion, basically cancer, like very much still. Um, and like Marina mentioned, it's in its detriment in cancer. So it's not functioning fully, but I still do think that switching like energy is gonna be nice. I, I also do think that Mars 
like when the planet is in detriment, it's not like it doesn't function. It still functions, but not at its full potential. And it's still things to do and to kind of see like where our emotion lies and where we are able to do the work, you know? Um, I like that mass and cancer help us to kind of like see like, yes, you want this new beginning, but emotionally, where are you? Like, did you do your Pisces season work? Did you do your compost? Like, you know what I mean? It's still reminding us of this compost thing that I love that you mentioned. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's internal, internal work. Exactly. This internal work, I just feel is it's it's still like gonna help us like switching this crazy like like we we going from from air to water and air can be very bringing up anxiety you know stressfulness and all that and mars being in the air sun can bring up those theme and so living that and having kind of a bring down an ounce <laughs> an, an uh, <laughs> inch this kind of craziness anxiety and air element will be nice for all of us i think yeah it's very interesting transit because like we hear mars the warrior comes in the home of the moon and the moon yeah. is um and the moon every so what it does for us is that the way we take action is driven by our, by our emotional response more than anything else mm-hmm. it's driven by um lunation cycles for the next two months in major ways so keep in mind it's very important in transits i i often think that trend we have to be very mindful of the transits because we have to really like pause before acting with certain transits and separate the effect of the transits from our personal choice you know and with this Mars in the moon sign, how uh, in the moon uh, moon ruled sign, this is very important for the next two months. Also, this is a position for me personally that says you gotta choose your battles, and the battles most likely gonna be in regards to our safety, mm-hmm. our sense of safety that's going to be triggered one way or another for the next two months and when we are when our sense of safety is triggered we can do things that we might regret later so just just be mindful of that and ground this is the time with this kind of mars to be as grounded as possible to because you know how they say your reaction often does not have much to do with an actual situation, but it is a response to something that happened in your childhood a long time ago. This is the time where a lot of those things can come to the surface by our reactions. We can see the depth of certain triggers mm-hmm. during Mars and Cancer. Yeah. And just a reminder, we, we are in the year of the chariot in tarot archetypes. And the chariot is ruled by cancer. Um, and there's something very Martian about the charioteer, right? The charioteer is going out into the world, um, maybe to battle, like maybe on a mission of some kind. Um, and so I think it's 
it could be helpful to kind of think about the chariot archetype with Mars and Cancer and think about, you know, whether or not you feel aware and aligned with those triggers, um, aware of what emotional material is motivating you truly mm. and getting clear about that is going to be really supportive of your process and how you interact with others, how you interact with yourself. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this too, though. Like it's, I have Mars and Gemini. It's a very foreign land for me, but I'm in my 29th progress Mars and Gemini. So it's moving into cancer for the rest of my life. So I'm kind of preparing for the rest of my life of this energy, which is very interesting. Amazing. <laughs> and the thing is like, we our like going back to the point of safety our safety collectively is being taken away mm-hmm. with the food cancer is food Taurus is food but cancer is nourishment so like it, they both like but talking about cancer the sense of nourishment what's been put in the food what has what have we been consuming all that stuff it's worth fighting for this is not yeah. some kind of like made up like emo- like it is really like a serious thing and if we can really like ground into that priority whichever that may be that sense of um, people who work with land farming I don't know like food production um, unions who that work with certain regulations in regards to like factories and factories all that that is all that fight that mars is in cancer like Mm -hmm. everything that's like there will be some food related crisis i anticipate i mean california has had extreme flooding and california supplies a lot of food to the rest of the country so that's something to be aware of um not to freak people out in any way, but there's likely to be, you know, less, a less good harvest this mm-hmm. this summer because of all that flooding and all the damage that was caused. Yeah. Um, like, cancer. <laughs> as we talk, I'm like, I, I get like itchy, like with like what to do. This is a bit, this is a very interesting space where I catch myself and I'm like, this is a good space. That is a space that requires groundness. Like, because the right. first impulse is an Aries rising. I'm like, what are we going to do? Where do we protest? Who do we like light on fire? <laughs> <laughs> but and also, you know, who do you connect with? Like, who is your community? Yeah. That's, the, that's the big question, I think, as Pluto moves into Aquarius. Like, who are your networks of support? Who are the communities that you can get involved with to work your own magic, whether it be you know, local CSAs supporting farmers or working at a community garden or working with a local arts in, arts organization. Like it could be anything, but it's definitely the time to connect, make those connections. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, every transit can be put to good use. Yeah. And I love that she said about the moon that because cancer obviously it's attached to the moon moon rule cancer and so I feel like for especially Aries people Aries ascendant Scorpio ascendant those are ruled by Mars following the moon <laughs> this time 
to check on your emotion, it's a great tool to, you know, just to work on it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like for people, um, especially with um, those who are uh, ascendant Aries, Scorpio, mm -hmm. will be able to check live in what mood they are <laughs> with the mm -hmm. moon changing sign of you too today mm -hmm. so so yeah your whole body your ascendant is ruled by moon for the next two months so that's something right. you were mentioning nourishment um and i like this because especially in the spring equinox what we try to do especially in the plant world is to nourish your body so herbal infusion especially with needles especially with um ashwagandha everything that will be like full of mineral enzyme it's good for the body. So herbal infusion that you prep at night and you live all night. And that's the first thing you drink in the morning. It's very helpful, especially for spring equinox, especially with a Mars in Cancer. Yeah, like it's very important. So a ritual with herbal infusion, it's a great time. Marshmallow, root. Marshmallow, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Natal, like you said, Karima rules like it's a mar very Martian herb mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah so like I'm like rolling carnelian here for anyone yeah. <laughs> it's that's like a, a great bird. stone for this time yeah this is my 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 favorite stone mm -hmm. like, and yeah it's it's a very Aryan and it's very blood like circulation helping our circulation especially with Saturn and Pisces the, the waters in the body just stagnant yeah so like something to like like diuretics that get the water out of your body like again Natal is that mm. very important and I like what you said about Casey but the chariot it's good reminder we're in the chariot years and that like the Mars and Cancer can be a fight for what we believe in and where we want to move forward into the world. And I just like this feeling of like, oh, I want to fight more for this. Oh, I mm -hmm. want to do, like, you know, it can be for ourselves or for the outside world. I like this notion of like Mars and Cancer fighting. What's motivating them. you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. That, but when you yeah. mentioned what's um, Chariot, like it seems like such a like wholesome energy to act on Mars and Cancer. You have to embody that wholesomeness through profound deep self awareness of your motives. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the next big transit that we're going to talk about here is the full moon in Libra, continuing our lunar theme. Um, the full moon in Libra happens on April 5th. Um, we'll share a little bit more about the other transits that are happening on our Patreon. Um, we'll give you kind of the full list of everything just so you're aware. Um, so join us there for more. But next up is this beautiful full moon in Libra. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to open the chart of this. It is. I don't know. I feel like... <laughs> I don't like. I'm like, eh, do I like this this full moon? I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a, a a very interesting full moon. Like, I I feel like it's like obviously like when you have a full moon in Libra, 
is always question of yourself and the other person is always question of yourself and the community yourself and your love relationship your friendship so it's very you and the world you and the other person basically so because we have so much in Aries so much happening in Aries the define of yourself compared to the other one is going to be very important boundaries going to be very important defining who you are and what you um, stand your ground and what you believe in. It's very important for this full moon. Um, as I feel like, you know, it's, it's basically standing your ground in front of the other. Um, and like basically making sure that you value and what you believe in are respected. Um, this is, yeah, it's a lot of squaring, a lot of, opposition in this moment. I see the right now is like, oh my God, a lot of, lot of things happening at the same time. But usually mm -hmm. a full moon in Libra, most of the time remind us of those themes, of the themes first, you and the other person. So and I want to mention that the the full moon is happening at 16 degrees of Libra. Yeah. So and Venus ruled this basically full moon which is it's it's good because venus at the time is going to be in taurus so it's venus in taurus that is is great you know that you love she loves this place she's at home she's just feeling good and she can expand so it it is i feel like hopeful because venus is strong so it's not like I remember the full moon in Libra last year was not the same tone, <laughs> like not at all. This year, I feel like there's compromise can, that can be made. There's um, coming together that can be made. So it's not only a fight, but it's also um, a way to respect yourself and to create good boundaries and at the same time be happy in any kind of relationship you you have with the other. Yeah. I don't know. I like I like this one, honestly. Mm -hmm. I don't know because it's kind of again like <laughs> it's very much. I feel it's helpful one because it's in a position to Jupiter and Chiron and Sun, obviously because it's a full moon, and that like in that opportunity. I mean, when Jupiter and Sun together looking across on the sky at the moon, they like it. It feels like holding space for that vulnerability within the relationships, allowing, or maybe like finally allowing ourselves. And when I say relationships, it's not necessarily romantic. We're talking about all one-on-one -on -one dynamics that are important in our lives, just to be, to, to be given space or to give ourselves a space to be okay with needing others. This is a big one for me. Mm -hmm. It is okay with um, stepping into the more like heart. And like you said, Karima, because Venus rules and Venus is very strong in its home sign, sex style in Neptune. This is a very heart opening full moon for me. This is like a crack open of, even if it's just, even if you don't have a partner or anyone specifically, you hold in your like energy as that. Uh, it's just within oneself recognizing that the need that an emotional more of a like 
the need for spiritual connection maybe because again Venus sextile in Neptune the rule of the nation just yeah. feels like it and the, the position to Chiron and obviously it's that's, that's it's, what scares yeah but the, like, like Sun with yeah maybe I mean with it it's again with all this like transits it's they're gonna be experienced on individual like yeah like everyone's gonna experience them differently most likely but it's just when sun with chiron it's that necessary necessary ego like cracking and having space for for the other within your within your life having space and recognizing the need for the space, the need for partnership, the need for, um, because with like every axis and now we talk about Aries Libra axis and this is all uh, the axis of balance and partnerships, right? Too much Aries without enough Libra. It's just that I don't care. I'm gonna like, about anything anyone it's it's a bit it's a still it's a wounded ego thing right. non not recognizing it's a wounded child's ego more so <laughs> like it's that like i don't need because i have never gotten mm -hmm. it's a very like that feeling and because jupiter is there this great benefic i'm like there is an opportunity for healing that there's a truth and the full moon libra kind of gives me that hope i'm hopeful about this and i think this is one of those places and areas where you know becoming aware of these archetypes and how they're playing out can be super supportive because under this full moon you could either be super triggered by your wounds and be really like acting from an unconscious place from that woundedness and cause kind of disruption in your relationships or the moon you're really in libra your relationships and the other or your community whatever it is could be reflecting back to you that wounding and you could maybe see it more clearly be able to integrate it and heal it um so really thinking about where chiron is in your chart and maybe getting clear about like what your own sacred wounding is in your lifetime and reflecting on that on this full moon during the lead up to this full moon, I think will help you prepare for some of that healing work that is potentially available to you at this time. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about this chart for me, and just looking at it, um, is that we have this grand trine that's been, will have been kind of in effect for a week or more between Mars in Cancer, Saturn in Pisces, and the South Node in Scorpio. Yeah. And this grand trine, this watery grand trine that's kind of like holding us in this holding pattern of sorts where there's a lot of energy and focus on healing the past or reckoning with the past, you know, being very aware and conscious of that sort of more emotional 
material, that emotional backdrop that has led us to who we are today, has really formed our identity in some way, formed our collective landscape in some way. Um, I think that's going to be really present for all of us this airy season as these planets are forming this trine. Um, so I think there's more potential for kind of seeing what structures are crumbling and, and damaging and toxic and hopefully finding some healing from that realization. 100%. And another thing on that, on those realizations, on the understanding of what doesn't work, what has been so ingrained but is not supportive for greater vulnerability and openness within your relational dynamics. Mercury is with North Node and Taurus here, kind of like, a, like guiding you to speak about your values and your needs. Because the like the shutdown response often where there is a fear of openness or a fear of losing oneself within the dynamics, relational dynamics. Here, the needs that are must can be spoken or they have an opportunity to be spoken, which I really like. Yeah, definitely the 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 potential for kind of healing any fear of abandonment or like fear of um like low self-worth that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, not to say that it's an easy lunation but it has an opportunity for like that crack opening of the heart yeah cathartic mm -hmm. and just uh to record again for this full moon and i got the ace of cup Oh, I love that. That's Beautiful. So very resonant of what you are telling us right now. Lots of healing potential. That's yeah. nice to see. Yeah, because for Aries, um, I have Aries rising moon in Libra, sun in Aries moon in Libra. The dynamic is very like, it's, it's, it's that an ace of cups, Karima, that you pulled. It's it's like that coming, the offering, and often doesn't have to be from the person, but the, the energetic offering and just accepting and not being like feeling, oh, now I lose part of myself because I give part of myself to someone else. That is a very, and just like mm -hmm. the healing aspect of accepting and not feeling that by accepting you lose something. Yeah, it's beautiful. So the next transit um, that comes through is Venus moving into Gemini on April 10th. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a real cute pause. <laughs> yeah, that is a very cute one. Bless you. Yeah, Venus moving into Gemini. Oh. That brought me to a sneeze yeah <laughs> there are elements here <laughs> yes exactly uh well um i generally a fan of venus and gemini 
because I don't know, I just have a special relationship with the Gemini thing, archetype, craziness. Um, yeah, Venus and Gemini, oh my God, it's just so, it's in comparison to Venus and Taurus, where it's very, it's in a good way, I like it. It's an indulgent, slow kind of cooking energy that I, I love a lot. But this one is just going to connect us to the world out there in a very pleasurable way. It's just going to like allow us to be like a little bit of a verbal magicians, a bit, a bit of a like, I don't know, what's it? Um, I forgot the word in English, but you know, when you have like your tongue is saying beautiful words <laughs> you, mm. know? you know like anyway. silver tongue silver tongue yeah like it's just it's such a flirty and like non-attached non-attached and energy that I just like think that considering the times that we're in it's just it's good to have Venus and Gemini once a year mm. <laughs> some levity some yeah can we like be like I like that yeah I love that energy it's just writing about pleasure doing something with your hands because Gemini is your hands that brings you pleasure it's um I don't know going on many dates I'm not a fan of that actually I don't know how people do that but I'm like if you want <laughs> to you can go on many dates it's just something that's yeah, meeting your... people connecting connect. yeah this is like a very like I don't know. I like it. Great, great one to to write poetry. <laughs> also, yeah, very, very like the kind of poetry that is very mischievous. Sexual poetry. <laughs> sexual poetry. <laughs> sexual poetry. Please. It's it's also going to be forming a trine to Pluto just as it ingresses into Gemini. So there's like this added, like the Plutonic depth of sexuality too is there there's like an intensity um that will be interesting be the persephone (laughs) for sure yes yeah it's like speak sweet words Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this could be yeah an interesting time too just like after the equinox we're in equinox season like venus moving into gemini could really be that kind of persephone emerging from the underworld moment yeah, because um, the equinox is literally that. It's the exactly. mother of Persephone going, being happy again and so feeding the earth because her daughter is coming back for the next mm-hmm. six months on the earth plane. So that's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's very nice. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and like that, that trine to Pluto. Oh my God. It's all experimentation. It's doing something scary but exciting. Mm-hmm. And maybe going, maybe meeting someone that is not immediate Aquarius, not immediately in your intellectual, emotional, mental periphery. Yeah, it's it's that kind of risky, but non-attachment, non-attaching vibe. Right. As as we speak about this, I'm like, I this is so exciting. <laughs> yeah, it feels nice. 
yeah and again I kept my deck and I'm on the lovers <laughs> seriously Karima you're like tapped in I'm in with my deck today <laughs> I love that Gemini's well it's card. interesting too yeah it's Gemini's card and to think about like Venus and Gemini I feel I, I think a lot about like the choices we make to really honor and be aligned with our values um, I feel like Venus and Gemini really like prompts us to consider our options, weigh our options, mm-hmm. um, and really consider, you know, what do I find most valuable right now? Like what is going to be the most um, pleasurable and satisfying thing for me in this moment? Yeah. yeah. And interestingly that you say that because Venus and Mercury are in mutual reception because Mercury is in Taurus at the time of the ingression and Venus in Gemini. So for whatever next, like almost two weeks after that ingression, they're gonna form this conversation. They're gonna have this conversation, Mercury and uh, Venus through Taurus and Gemini, where, like you said, the values, the values. And it's like, how do we allow ourselves to experiment so we can narrow down? So we can become more specific, but we need to experiment. It's almost that kind of, to find that ultimate choice. Mm. It doesn't often just like arrive or dawns on us. It's, it's, it's beautiful because on the same day, April 10th, Jupiter is conjunct the sun. Yeah, it's like it's such a it's such an exciting time. I love that aspect. I'm like April 11. We like the number 11. We like <laughs> the Sun conjunct Jupiter. Definitely, it actually happens on the 10th. Oh, April 10th. Yeah, so it's on the same day that Venus moves into Gemini. Wow. Um, That's nice. So it's an interesting, it's, it's a powerful shift day um, and a renewal day. I feel like there's, there's a lot of. Yeah. It's a power. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, we are free actually <laughs> in Aries actually this season. <laughs> now I feel like the sun conjunct Jupiter is a. Uh, it's a, it's a call to growth. It's a, your ego. The sun is your ego. It's feeling great in Aries. Jupiter is faith, is what you believe in, is expansion. And I just feel like for the ego self, it's a very nice um, light yeah. on it and new capability and what you can do and the recognition of your body, your mind, and spirit. and what you believe in. I feel like it's very spiritual too for me, this sun conjunct Jupiter. And is very back to how do you how is your own practice and how do you see yourself and your faith into the world and how you like feed that. Um, yeah. I, I like to take it in a more spiritual way. Some people will take it also as a it's a great day to start something new, but a very an out going out going into the world not something more internally I see also something more externally I can see people launching classes launching their business I can see a very entrepreneurial sun conjunct Jupiter 
Yeah. The thing with like, I, I obviously it's such a beautiful conjunction because it's, it's, they meet, it's the beginning of the cycle every year, Jupiter and sun meet in, in specific sign. Last time it was in Pisces. This time they start new 12 month cycle as well as a 12 year cycle because they meet in Aries. So just looking back last time they met up was I think in 2011, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and it's always like in the area of your chart where Aries sits, it's where the new beginning will be highlighted. And I like what Karima says about spirituality because Jupiter, though it's a great benefic, it just expands whatever it touches. So that healthy ego, and for me, healthy ego is an ego that understands its priorities, understands its priorities, and that the spirit and self-expression and creative input and authenticity has to be prioritized, then it's a beautiful conjunction. If it's suppression, if it's something that we, or other side, overinflation of personal import, importance one way or another, it does not have that great of a result. So it's just like, I like to be a bit more realistic about Jupiter because I've seen many times Jupiter's presence not as the most positive though as benefic it's not going to create malicious results but it's going to like really point out to where their spiritual growth is required and this is a beautiful time for that yeah and like Rima said initiating something new this is a time to to start something that authentically aligns with you in the specific part of your chart where Aries is mm. yeah it's exciting it is very exciting. I'm like, yay. Um, right, what else is happening on that? Yeah, Jupiter and and Jupiter is quickly heading towards Taurus here, but this is a conversation for a different day. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because Jupiter doesn't stay in Aries for too long. Um, but mm -hmm. it's it's making a lot of beautiful aspects to all these other planets. And there's a lot to kind of take advantage of with Jupiter these days uh, yeah. in your magic. So take note, April 10th. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, what do we have? The next and last transit we're going to talk about is which we already touched on a bit at the beginning of the episode is this solar eclipse in Aries um, at 29 degrees of Aries on April 19th. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. As I take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. Dramatic pause. Yes. <laughs> It's, and, and this one is, again, is forming a square to Pluto in Aquarius. Um, yeah. Boy, boy. Uh, so this is like a first. No, nodes of the moon are still in Taurus and Scorpio, but they are 
like very close to the slination. So we get this glimpse of what the next 18 months, once nodes, especially moving to Aries, Libra axis are gonna be about. Um, this is like when some, some lunation, especially new moon or anything reaches the critical 29th degree, there is a sense of when a planet just itself there, like let's, it, it, but when the cosmos arranges it as the second new moon happens at 29 degrees, 50 minutes for crying out loud. It's yeah. right <laughs> like there. When it happens like there, the fullness of needing to initiate unapologetically, the fullness of recognition of the self, the fullness of that Mars is in Cancer still, the fullness of emotional connection to what we're willing to put our energy into is just so potent. The square to Pluto though, this is interesting. The square to Pluto, it's like, we still have a cracks on our backs. We have those like layers of things the square is like what we have not changed in our behavior or we have not recognized as our authority is going to be shown to us. So we can creatively, because square is a creative aspect in my, like the most creative aspect is a square. We can creatively self-correct and i have a feeling that the self-correction is in regards to the mars and cancer Mm -hmm. it's the self-correction is what drives your fight you know and often the cancer is the bottom of the like the fourth house cancer it's like the it's a i like the fourth house associated with that right it's where we come from it's those um layers of conditioning that we've been put through that are disempowering and sometimes we can it's it's just another like step of separating the authentic impetus to do something versus something that's been ingrained into us and we're still acting out of that place i feel like it's it's a lot of clarity is going to come here clarity I feel like this would be a really good new moon um, and balsamic moon just before the new moon to, again, do clearing work, mm-hmm. um, like really acknowledging like, you know, maybe you did some clearing work at the equinox, but what else can you clear away? And maybe it's more um, emotional clearing and cleansing. So um doing something where you are physically going to a body of water and sort of like praying with the water and asking for the water to cleanse you um, emotionally. Um, You can also do that with a jar of water in your home. You can do that in the shower or a bath, but something that really kind of supports you in that emotional cleansing. Um, Just to kind of support what Mariana was sharing about kind of that that creative generative square pushing us to take action and. Yeah. 
another option for you is a fire cleansing. Yes. It Aries. feels like, you know, it feels like because the moon and Mars and mutual reception here, not for long. <laughs> moon as, as, as the new moon happens, it like moves into Taurus, but they are on the exact time of the lunation are in mutual reception, the water component of our lives and the fire component of our lives. So like, there are, like you have to ask yourself where, where the need is where the most pressing need is. If it's too much of that anxious kind of like too much fire burning, the sense of time always with 29th degree time running out, mm -hmm. then maybe you should lean towards um, kind of tempering that in, in subtle ways. But if your Mars, Mars and Cancer is being drowned by the waters of subconscious, what you came into this world with, what you've been brought in with. And that memory, and Cancer is very much about memory, is drowning out your fire. Mm -hmm. It's very important that you like find a way, find a power, find a purpose. It's put in Aquarius find a bigger picture for like reigniting that fire finding it and again though it's a square it's an Aquarius and it's air it's like a community it's like connecting though you feel maybe you don't like here it feels like maybe it can be as internal as like you don't belong to any community mm -hmm. and finding that power to find that is not your truth maybe but it is something that's coming from somewhere else and breaking that square off. I think that um, hopefully, you know, we all we all have feelings of loneliness and isolation. We all experience that, and we're experiencing it to record degrees these days. It's been tracked, yeah. um, but hopefully, we can break that down because that is a false. Uh, that's a false narrative that's been crafted over centuries and centuries of time um, to keep us powerful in the collective. So definitely find a way to connect with people around this time. Yeah. I was thinking to like a ritual burning, you know, if you can write out the things that you really want to like let go of and unburden yourself of and then burn them away safely, that would be beautiful. Like really yeah. emotionally cathartic, but also using fire yeah absolutely this is like a very powerful like <laughs> eclipse solar eclipse uh a critical degree i yeah even even with the restrictions sense of inner restrictions oh, who knows maybe there will be outer restrictions <laughs> i hope not right you know like pluto and aquarius again and the thing is, with this Pluto and Aquarius, I forgot to mention this. It's going over the point of where Jupiter and Saturn met in, in December of 2020. So that... Ouch. When is that happening? <laughs> <laughs> That's happening throughout the whole of the spring. Okay, yeah. It's like, it's at oh, zero, yeah. like they met at the yeah. zero degrees of Aquarius. And that whole like separation an inability to move, Pluto is going there. 
And you know what I've heard a lot of recently is this narrative of um, like, I haven't processed the pandemic Mm -hmm. or like, have you, how well have you processed the pandemic or, um, which I think is minimizing something that is so immense. You couldn't even imagine, you know, we're always going to be processing it, but with Pluto moving over this degree, it really makes me think that there is potential to kind of go deeper into integrating what has happened for you and for the collective and all of that. So, yeah. And because of this Pluto ingression corresponds so heavily with this lunations in areas, it's about, you have a place within this paradigm. Aries is individuality. Everyone has a place within this paradigm. And what, whichever power makes you p- to believe that there, you don't have that place is that the power, and that power can be internal and v- very much it's external as well. It's from every corner, if you listen. So like, that is the fight. It's like, keep pushing your personal, individual agenda of who you are. And know that there is a space for that within this web that we're like entering. And like everything will remind you or try to remind you that it's not true. And this this two new moons are like, do you you begin something and it might not go the way that you'd like, or maybe the community won't respond or whatever that is. It's keep keep doing, keep going. It's just very important here. Like totally. Yeah. Don't lose faith. On this face, it's it's a, like Casey said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly, yes. twenty year marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and then this marks really the end of Aries season. The next day, the sun moves into Taurus, so um, it's it's really so potent that we begin right away with a new moon and we end with a new moon. Uh, how Karima pulled the full card for that f- first lunation mm-hmm. is so potent. Um, yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of potential here, even if it feels super heavy as we move into the season. And I'm sure we'll be processing a lot all throughout this season as we continue to do. Um, but don't lose sight of possibility. Yeah. It, it is the most important thing to hold the vision with Aquarius of individual purpose. That's the whole thing. To hold the vision of your individual purpose throughout this whole mess. It's like, if we can do that, we're, we're good. It'll fortify you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And find people who reaffirm that vision mm-hmm. of your great communities that affirm that. I love this. I was, um, I read something on the woke scientist Substack, which I recommend at woke scientist on Instagram. And they were saying that, um, their heroes are ordinary people, mm-hmm. which is such a beautiful sentiment. I think as Pluto moves into Aquarius that, you know, find inspiration in the people that you interact with every day. Yeah. It does it doesn't mean finding a guru or, you know, having 
a leader that is like very charismatic and maybe you don't even have a connection with that you're following. Mm -hmm. Um, it's about the personal networks you're building that inspire you. Yeah, this is so potent. We're redefining as we walk through this, the idea of the guru, the idea of the leader. We've been like, it's complete overhaul of the semantics. He's a big side in Pisces as the subject. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's wow. uh, what a what a season! What, what an airy season! season. <laughs> but I'm excited about this season. Exciting to move forward. It's very. I like fiery season. Of course you do. Uh, we all do. <laughs> Our fire trying over here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, and we're moving out of a lot of like yeah, again Saturnian influences a lot of of that stuff so we need fire the spirit yeah. i often think like about prometheus as like pluto and aquarius mm-hmm. like being tested and be like a, a person who goes and brings and yeah. and it's like not only gods deserve yeah. fire yes people people because you brought the lights to people. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's so much Pluto and Aquarius. The people deserve that fire. And it's like, and that that's why this Aries season is so like sizzly. Yeah. It's got to sizzle us up into like remembering that. Mm. This is a good thing to remember as you tune into your equinox magic. Um, how can you honor and create some sort of honoring ritual around your purpose and your place and your role? Um, and how can you connect that to a community network? You know, um, there's a lot that we can do at the Equinox to kind of support us. Karima mentioned the clearing, decluttering, like mm-hmm. donating, giving back to the community, mutual aid projects. Yeah. Um, finding a way to redistribute, I think, would be a beautiful spell at this equinox to generate more of that balance that we're yeah. calling in. Yeah, I'm like, I'm my radical self. Just like right away, it's like we gotta take someone else's stuff and redistribute it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's, go. Let's redistribute everything. We don't yeah. like this thing. Yeah, we're redefining the idea of abundance and the whole thing and leadership and all that. And they will do anything. So, like comparing, it's like it's so easy to compare to put people against each other to have an un- unrealistic expectation from what achievement looks like and all that shit that's been dumped on us for generations. It doesn't. It's it doesn't matter. And there's so many other ways to envision it. Like we said, you know, it's, it is time to get super radical about all of this mm-hmm. um, and we can't do it alone. So, mm-hmm. you know, keep connecting. I'm, I'm so excited that all of you are listening. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate your support and we'd love to hear from you. If you can leave us a review, um, tell us what you love, tell us what you want more of. 
um, our your feedback is really really important and it fills our cups and it makes it worthwhile to do what we're doing here. So leave us a review, follow us wherever you're listening and tune back in for more. Thank you guys. Thank you. Be well, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Modern Witches podcast. We hope you've been inspired to cultivate your own magic and to craft your own spiritual practices. Let us know what sparked your curiosity by leaving us a comment on this episode or leave us a review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. Your feedback and engagement truly fills our cups. If you're looking for more ways to gather with your fellow witches, please support our work on Patreon. Learn more at modernwitches.org. Blessed be.